Hey everyone, I'm David Chalian, the CNN political director, and this is The Daily DC. Thanks so much for listening. Today on the podcast, the money race. We've got those first quarter fundraising numbers from all of the candidates, and it's not just the press releases and their spin about how happy they are with their top line number or some deep down nugget of uh, small dollar donors they want to plug. This is the full reports that they are required by law to file with the FEC by midnight last night. Uh, And they did. And so now we've been able to dig through and see not just how much they raised, how much did they spend? How much of their money are they burning through? What are they spending it on? How much is left in the bank going forward? And what is the ratio of small dollar donors to big dollar donors? Because we know those small dollar donors, you can keep going back to again and again and again and again. Those big dollar donors... They're done if they maxed out to you. You got to find a whole new pool of big dollar donors to keep going along that path. So I, I do think you probably know the overall pecking order here in terms of money raised. And this is thanks to the work of my colleague, David Wright, who here at the CNN Political Unit keeps all of these FEC stats uh, straight for all of us. Bernie Sanders raised $18 million plus for the quarter. Kamala Harris, $12 million plus for the quarter. Beto O'Rourke, $9.4 million. Pete Buttigieg, $7 million. Elizabeth Warren, $6 million. Amy Klobuchar, $5.2. Although that includes a bunch of general election money that she doesn't get to spend in a primary. So we'll talk more about that in just a moment. Cory Booker, also just north of $5 million. Then it's uh, Kirsten Gillibrand with just under $3 million. Jay Inslee at two point three. John Hickenlooper at $2 million. Tulsi Gabbard, just under $2 million. Hear this. Julian Castro, $1.09 million. $1.1 million. He got beat by both Andrew Yang, who raised $1.7 million, and Marion Williamson, who raised $1.5 million. Two people not on the tongues of most people talking about 2020 Democratic contenders. Uh, they each had a CNN town hall on Sunday, and they have a big grassroots following. But it is amazing to see two really unknown people. And Julian Castro, obviously, is not very well known either. But he was a cabinet secretary, former mayor of San Antonio, a Latino candidate, historic barrier-breaking kind of candidacy uh, in this field. And yet he was outraised by Andrew Yang and Marion Williamson. So lots of questions there for Julian Castro about how he is going to proceed from here. Donald Trump, as you know, he raised some $30 million in this quarter. And he's got $40 million in the bank. And that does not count the additional $46 million that the RNC raised. So Donald Trump, his re-election campaign committee, that is the big uh, money monster of the cycle. But clearly, on the Democratic side, uh, Bernie Sanders way out in front and Kamala Harris with a strong second place showing. Now, that is what was raised. What we've also seen, Elizabeth Warren spent a lot of money and has hired a ton of staff, uh, more so than most of her competitors. So while she raised $6 million, she spent nearly north of 80% of that. And yet, 
She has $11 million in the bank. Well, how does she have that? Because she transferred over $10 million from her Senate account. And here's the thing. When you look at Gillibrand, who transferred over $9.6 million from her Senate account, or Cory Booker, who did $2.7 million, or Warren, like I said, did $10.4 million, Bernie Sanders, $2.5 million moved over, Kamala Harris only moved over $1.2 million, these senators have a little bit of a cushion here. Amy Klobuchar moved over $3.6 million. So when you look at their cash on hand, yes, Kirsten Gillibrand may have been near the bottom of fundraising in the first quarter, which would indicate that her campaign may not be getting the kind of financial traction it needs to go the long haul. But what moving over $10 million or so from your Senate account does, it allows you to live on at least through another quarter There's only you can't keep dipping into that well, obviously. So the transfer is a good thing to move over and give yourself the ability to find a way and jumpstart your campaign, whether it's going to be the debates. Uh, I don't know what Gillibrand has in mind as the thing that is going to launch her, but being ready that if she does sort of catch lightning, that she can harness that. That's what 10 million moving over from the Senate campaign allows you to do. But what it should not cloud the vision of here is that she's way at the bottom of the pack in terms of fundraising as a presidential candidate. That's a warning sign to Gillibrand and her campaign. The other thing that I think is worth noting here is the percentage of the haul, the the money raised, that came from small dollar donors, which is defined by people that contribute $200 or less because they're not itemized contributions in FEC parlance. You don't list their all the information. It's not a line item. So these small dollar donors giving under $200, they're not recorded uh, by the FEC in the same way as people who give more than $200. 84% of Sanders' money is small dollar donors, and he is the leader of the pack on this score. 81% small dollar donors for Andrew Yang, 70% for Warren, 64% for Buttigieg, 60% of Marion Williamson's contributions come from small dollar donors, 59% of O'Rourke, and 55% of Gabbard. So those are the top seven or so. And then there's a big jump to Kamala Harris, only 37% of her contributions are from people who gave under $200. So she, unlike, um, you know, she's got the reverse of O'Rourke, if you will. If he's sort of a 60-40 split in favor of small dollar donors, she's the other way around, more in favor of large dollar donors. Nobody, none of them, uh, other than Andrew Yang, come close to that 84% that Bernie Sanders has, which is why he doesn't do large dollar fundraisers. It's why his email list is one of the most powerful and potent things in modern day American politics. He can keep going back to those folks and asking for more and more. Klobuchar, only 35% small donor, 34% for Castro, 34% for Inslee, 27% for Mayor Messam, 18% for John Delaney. And he was a self-funder, so I don't even, you know, there are just a few people, I guess, uh, given him small dollar donations, 17% for Gillibrand, 16% for Booker, and only 10% of John Hickenlooper's donors are those giving contribution of less than $200. So he 
is going to have to reinvent his donor base every cycle if they're the kind of people that are maxing out at $2,800 for the primary season. He's got to go to find a whole new swath of them. This is the way of yesteryear when it comes to campaign fundraising, not the modern day, especially on the Democratic side, online powered fundraising machine that we saw O'Rourke employ in Texas in the Senate race last year that we see as the very uh, life force of a Sanders or a Warren candidacy. And um, you can see that Kamala Harris, for example, or uh, Cory Booker, they have their work cut out for them in this category if they're looking to broaden that donor base. Of course, you can dive into the reports. Kamala Harris from California has a bunch of uh, celebrities, which is not terribly surprising, donated to her. It's a home state senator. So you see lots of familiar names there. You will also see, and I mentioned this a little earlier, that Senator Klobuchar has been soliciting both primary and general election dollars. Now, you may recall back in 2007, Hillary Clinton's fundraising total, which they were so concerned about posting a bigger number than Barack Obama, because if Barack Obama was going to outraise Hillary Clinton, which he did in that first quarter, when you look at primary dollars versus primary dollars, that that would put him on the map in such a substantial way to really threaten her ability at winning the nomination. And uh, that's exactly what happened. He outraised her in primary dollars in that first quarter. That solidified his status as a real competitor to her. And it instantly became, at this point in 2007, 12 years ago, a one-on-one race, Obama versus Clinton, all the way through for another you know year and a half or whatever it lasted. But it was this moment that defined that. And, and it's interesting that Klobuchar, who, you know, she raised $5.2 million, but how much of that is in general election dollars that she can't touch? What's her real primary dollar quarter one fundraising total? We're still digging in the numbers to see that, but it's going to be less than that amount. Uh, she's trying to pad it, and it's not that she didn't raise it. She did. If she's not the nominee, she never gets to touch that money. So it's a, it's a bit of a false comparison, and so we're waiting for the apples-to-apples apples, uh, numbers there. I urge you to go online. CNNPolitics.com has a a full compilation. But I do want to leave you with this one really interesting thought from my colleague Harry Enten. If you don't follow Harry's work, he is a uh, statistical numbers cruncher and uh, does a lot of predictive work in politics. You can follow him and his work at The Forecaster. It's really interesting stuff. But he had an interesting uh, Twitter post off of all of this money coming in that I think is worth looking at. He said, if you look at total money raised in the first quarter, including Delaney's self-contribution, his self-funding, and you break that up as just percentages of the total, okay, percentages of the total money where it went. Sanders got 20% of the money, Harris got 13%, O'Rourke 11, Buttigieg 8, Warren 7. Now look at the real clear politics average, polling average. And of course, the real clear politics average includes some polls that would not meet CNN standards, but it's just an average of all the polling out there. Sanders 22, Harris 8%, O'Rourke 8%, Buttigieg 5%, Warren 6%. It's pretty much lined up. Where they stand in the polls right now is where these folks stand in the money race, which will only, as just two metrics available to to all the political press right now, it will only solidify, and again, this is before Biden is in the race, which may come next week, but there is 
a tier of sort of Biden and Sanders way out front. And then there is this group of Harris, O'Rourke, Buttigieg and Warren, the four that make up the top six. So there's Sanders, Biden, and we'll see how Biden does in the money race. But both money and the polling show that Harris, O'Rourke, Warren, and Buttigieg are all clumped together or near each other and that you should watch those four for who's going to be able to take a shot at becoming one and two and overtaking Bernie Sanders or Joe Biden if they can. That does it for this edition of The Daily DC. Thank you all so much for listening. Hope you'll tune in again right here tomorrow. Quality sleep is essential, and that's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. So you can choose what's right for you whenever you like. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature. Quiets their snores. Sleep Number does that. Sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on Sleep Number limited edition smart beds for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com.